If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to look at 15 through 17. And, and, and John right there, and Pastor Bill, and, and uh, Larry Herford said, whoa, I thought he was just going to read one scripture. Because I told him what one scripture meant to our message. More than one scripture meant a lot less, and they're going, hey, amen. <laughs> but I'm going to look at this. Now, I've got, I've got a very brief outline here, and uh, I don't know how long it's going to take me. It might take me 10 minutes to preach it. It might take me more. I don't know. We're just going to give it to the Lord. But, but I went, if you have your Bible, would, would you look at it? Would you look at your Bible? Just close it, put your hand in, and look at it. If, if you got your telephone, that's okay, too. But, boy, yeah, you, you don't have a Bible? You got your telephone? Yeah, okay, quit stuttering. Here we go. All right. No, I'm just teasing. He, he's my disciple. I can do with him what I want. Okay. D does that even mean I can kill you? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Hey, but look at your Bible. Now, here's what I want you to understand about this, this book, that it's alive. It's, it's a living organism right here. It's it's. It's more reality and more alive than what we are. This book right here. And every single issue in your life is in here. And every answer is in here. Now, this is called a reference book for the world. And so everything that the world has to offer is in here. Every sin that the world does is in here. And every answer to every situation is in here. So what we have done is that we have taken the book and we have thrown it aside and we don't read it anymore. But it's a reference book. If, if you take medication... And you want to know what the side effects of the med medication are, go get a PDR. And that PDR book will tell you with every med medication listed in it what all the side effects are of the medication and what it does, what it'll do. It's a reference book for medication. This is a reference book for life. And this book right here is alive and you cannot kill it, and it will exist until Jesus comes, and then this word will go home to be with the Lord forever. This word right here. And it is my reference. But it's not only my reference, but it's the reference to the world, and when we throw this book away, then we have no more reference to what immorality is, we have no more reference to what sin is. We have no more reference. And if we won't preach this whole book in our churches, then we don't understand exactly what God is teaching us and telling us so that we can be in this world but not of this world. How many of us got that? Now, I'm going to go to a reference and it is found in 1 John chapter 2 and verses 15, 16, 17. I'm going to read them to you. Do not love the world 
How about that? Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. That's what it says. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. How many of you got that? See, you, you don't even need to expound on that. So I'm going to read it to you again. Watch this. Do not love the world. That word love right there is agape or agapo, which means an unmerited love that you have all the sincerity and all your favor towards it. He's saying, do not love that world because that word agape only pertains to the Lord. So he says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. Now listen to what he's not saying. He's not saying to you, do not have things. He's not saying that. Just don't be so attached to them that you can't be released from them when you need to be. How many of you got that? Right? You know, you know what I miss in my truck? Heated steering wheel. How many of you got a heated steering wheel? You got a heated steering wheel? Shane doesn't even know it. I was driving his van the other day, and I said, oh, Lonnie, this has got a heated steering wheel in it. Well, so you didn't even know you had it, did you? She, oh, she did. But I, I love heated steering wheel. How many of you like air conditioning? Yeah. You know, you know 2020, I mean, I mean t the year of 2000, Time Magazine said the greatest invention of all times up to the year of 2000 was air conditioning. Amen. I agree. Us fat boys agree. We love air conditioning. Dennis, you like air conditioning? Hey, and Dennis, give me a thumbs up. I love air conditioning. He, he's not saying do away with your air conditioning. You're not saying that. What he's saying here is don't be attached to something that you can't give up. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, watch this. For all that is in the world, number one, the lust of the flesh. Number two, the lust of the eyes. Number three, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Now watch the next verse. And the world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. How many of you see that? So here's what I've been doing all this week, all this week. I always read Revelation all the way through. I don't, I don't just, I, I, I read it all the way through when I read it. And I read it all the way through because I have to read it all the way through. And it takes me about an hour and 12 minutes to read it all the way through. I'm not a really good reader. So you that read it very, that read well, boom. You just go right through it by about an hour and 12 minutes. Now I started reading all four gospels again, just reading. And so I, I go to study and I feel the Lord speaks to me and said, I don't want you to do that. Really? What do you want me to do? I want you to read the book. I want you to read it. Okay. So I read it. I read Matthew all the way through. Interesting. I read Mark 
all the way through. I read Luke all the way through. And then I read John all the way through. Wow. Okay, Lord, I've done that. What do you want now? I want you to read about these guys and, and, and find out about these men who wrote them gospels. I'll do that. And I did that. He said, then I want you to look at those books and what they tell you. And I said, okay. This is the dialogue I've had with the Lord all week. And this is true. I'm going to stand before the Lord and, and give an account for this message this morning. I said, okay. And I did that. And it's an interesting thing what you're going to find. Okay, here's what you're going to find. Is that when Jesus preached, he always spoke in parables. Always. Always. He didn't preach. He always spoke in par parables. And what was interesting is nobody understood them. Nobody understood the parables. And people say, why do you speak in parables? To make it easier to understand. A parable is not easy to understand. And so they said, why do you speak in parables? He said, well, he said, if, he said, if I speak in parables, they don't understand it. And the judgment for them will not be as great. Because if they understood it, they wouldn't do it anyway, then judgment would be greater. Interesting. But he says to the disciples, he said, but to you, I'm going to give the interpretation of the parable or tell you what the parables mean. And he starts a parable this way. And the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Or, or he's going to say, and the kingdom of God is like unto. This is an interesting thing. Listen to what he says about the rich man who died and went to hell. And Lazarus, who was called away by an angel and laid in the, uh, the bosom of Abraham. He said, and there was a certain rich man who lived. And that's an amazing thing because that's not a parable. Because he says, there was a certain rich man who. And then he goes and lists what hell is like after he dies. You want to know? Go read that story. And you'll understand, you'll get a good description of what Hades, hell, is like. That's what Jesus said. But he's, he's, he's through, through all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are almost the same. John is not the same. John, the three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called synoptic gospels. They're short versions. And they have some variants, but most of them are the same, except for John. Because John is going to start right out of the gate with Jesus Christ, the Creator. And in the beginning was God. And that's how he's going to start off with the book of John. So you take all four of these and you look at these and you say, that is amazing. Because Jesus started off with something and here's what he started off with. He is caught or he is caught away by the spirit. He is in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 
And we're going to read that in a minute. And when he gets done, he starts to preach a message. And here's the message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus says in the 24th chapter of Matthew, And when the, king, the gospel of the kingdom has been preached throughout the four corners of the world, then Jesus himself will come. Somebody says, why hasn't Jesus come yet? Because every man has not heard the gospel of the kingdom. There is still a place somewhere in this world that the gospel of the kingdom has not been preached. Now, here's what the Lord says. He says, all that is in the world. Now, here's what's in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Now, I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to go with me over to Luke. Let's go over to Luke chapter 4. I set this message on the table, did I not, Nancy? I'd go to it. I was given instruction, leave it alone. Okay. That's hard on a preacher. How many of you know that? It's really difficult. You know, Holy Spirit says, no, leave it alone. And you're, you're wanting to go over there and do something with this thing. And the Holy Spirit says, no, leave it alone. So I laid it on the table. Okay. And that was on about a Monday. And so then I start reading what the Holy Spirit tells me to read, and I go through these. Then I go over there, and he says, no, leave it alone. And I think it was about maybe Wednesday or somewhere in there, he gave me a few things to write down. And I thought, okay, now we're going to kick this thing in. And for the rest of the week, he said, no, leave it alone. So I'm going to give you what the Lord gave me. In, in Luke chapter 4, and you know this story very well. Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. All right, now let's look at verse 3. Let me read it from 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led about by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. You are at your weakest point when you are what? Hungry. You know, they say, never go to the store when you're hungry. We don't go to the store anymore. I just say, let's go get a sandwich. Okay, how many of you do that now? It's a lot easier, isn't it? Huh? Somebody says that is expensive. Uh uh. You ever seen her cook? Man, she puts everything, or him right there. It, it, it's, it's, it's expensive for you to cook, isn't it? Yeah. He's a great cook, by the way. He really is, man. You love his cooking. But, but, but Jesus is hungry. Now, when you are hungry, you are at your weakest point. Can you say amen to that? So now Jesus has fasted for 40 days. That's a long fast. And listen to me, people, that was not a Daniel fast. People say, we're going to fast and we're going to do a Daniel fast. <laughs> or they say, we're going to fast television. You can't eat a TV. Okay, how, how do you fast a TV? 
I'm, I'm going to fast TV. Really? <laughs> your flesh is going to die because you're fasting TV? Or I'm going to fast, you know, watching sports or something like that? Quit. God's just telling you to quit doing them things, okay? But that's not fasting. Fasting is when you don't eat or you don't drink water, okay? And so the Bible says that Jesus, for 40 days, had just finished a 40-day fast. Now, believe me, if I do a 40-day 40, 40 fast, I'm not going to have this belly no more. I'm not going to have much of anything anymore. Okay, and, 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 and guys like me, okay, when we lose weight, we don't lose weight in the belly. We start losing it in the arms and the legs, and we're skinny with this belly sticking out. You know, so sometimes these guys are laughing because they got the same problem you know sometimes we look horrible when we when we go on diets you know hey for instance you know hey god didn't mean for all of us to be skinny how many of you know that yeah you, you know me, me, me and my wife we go on a diet this years ago and i probably shouldn't tell the story but i'm going to tell it anyway we, we go on a diet and nancy gets hungry <laughs> She goes and makes a salad. There's everything on that salad. You can, I mean, everything was on a salad. I said, you, you can't do that. She said, I'm hungry. I said, eat. Eat. My goodness. <laughs> you know, people go on diets and get mean. You ever notice that? Man, stay fat and nice. All right, there, there we go. But, but anyway, just, just going through this. And so he, he has fasted for 40 days. And he's probably at his weakest point physically but spiritually he's probably at his strongest point does that make any sense to anybody and so when we look now he has fasted for 40 days now look at verse 3 and the set devil said to him if you are the son of god does everybody's translation say that if you are the son of god hey let me give you the greek lexicon on this okay i'm not a greek scholar okay but, but this is pretty interesting. Actually, what he's saying is, since you are the Son of God. Now, that, that looks, that's a lot different, if you are, than since you are. And since you are the Son of God, why wouldn't he know who Jesus was? I mean, Jesus created him. Everybody got that? So he knows who Jesus is. And so he says something to Jesus. Watch what he says to Jesus. He, the devil said to him, since you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Why? Where is he trying to hit him? He's trying to hit him in his weakness right there. Why? He has just came out of a 40-day fast. Now listen to what Jesus said. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. How many have got that? Lust of the eye. Lust of the flesh. Boastful pride of life. Listen to what he's done. He's touched Jesus' flesh. He says, since you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You can do that. And you are hungry. And God will honor that. But Jesus comes back to him and gives him, now watch, 
the reference point. Everybody getting it? Look at your Bible again, because Jesus looks at the reference point. What does he say? He said, the reference point says, man shall not live by bread alone. The rest of that scripture is, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's Old Testament, went to the reference point. Why? Because the devil is attacking him in his flesh. How did the devil attack Job? In his flesh. That's how he attacked him. Here we go. Verse 5, And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Took him up, and there it was, everything. He saw everything. Now, this is interesting, and you might not agree with it. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Is that a true statement? No, because the devil can't speak truth. So if that's a true statement, then he he spoke truth. There's no truth into the devil. He said, I will give it over to whomever I wish. Uh Uh-uh. He can't give it to, to whoever he wishes. He's going to give it over, all right, but he's going to give it over to an antichrist. He's going to give it over to a false prophet. But all he's trying to do right here now is to sit, let Jesus see this thing because understand something about Jesus. He's 100% God and 100% man. And he's in his man body right now. And here's what we need to understand, that the devil is tempting him in every way he can tempt him. And Jesus does something. Here's what he does. He comes back and he says to the devil... Therefore, and the devil says, therefore, if you worship me, it shall be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and give him glory. Went back to the reference point. Went back to the reference point. Isn't that interesting? Because what he done, he has already hit his flesh. And now he is hitting his eye. The lust of the eye. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye. And Jesus is in a weak spot. And when at his weakest, he goes to the reference point, the word. Because if the devil can get him to do that, then Jesus lays down the cross and does not pick it up. Because he has taken the dominion of the devil. The devil received that dominion from a man. How many of you understand? And the man he received it from was the first Adam. Right? And he can't give that over to anybody he wants to give that over to. Because he's certainly not going to give it over to a righteous man. And the Lord Jesus has to go to the cross to take it back 
from him. How many of you understand that? This is an interesting point. And I, I asked my brother if he ever saw that, and he said no. And, and I'm, I'm sad to say out of 50 years of, of, of ministry, I've never saw what I saw. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus, and here's what he says. He says, good master, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? He said, there's only one good, and that's the Father. And so then he, and he says, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, keep the law. And the kid lied to him. And he said, I've kept the law from my youth up. How many of you know he hadn't kept the law from his youth up? How many times he break the law? There was only one person that kept the law, and that was Jesus himself. Nobody else kept the law, did they not? They broke the law. That young man didn't tell the truth. He could have said this, I practiced the law from my youth, but I've kept the law from my youth. No, he has not. Okay? And then Jesus says this. Now, let's watch what Jesus says to this young guy. This guy's extremely rich, and he says, sell what thou hast and give to the poor. And then, take up your cross and follow me. Bible says he turned away because he was extremely wealthy and he didn't want to give it up. That's not the point. You know what the point is? Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Hey, how about this? The cross has never been mentioned in the New Testament till that time. And what Jesus was signifying is this, that he is going to die on the cross. And when he dies on the cross, then he's going to raise himself up in three days. Is that not totally a great thing to look at? And then he says to his disciples, he says, if any man desires to be or any person desires to be my disciple, listen to what he says, he will deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. He's telling them how he's going to die. He's going to die on the cross because listen to what Isaiah said. He said, accursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's an amazing thing right there. And so what we have is, he says no. He goes back to the reference point. Now let's get the third one here. And in verse 9, And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand at the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are, since you are the Son of God, throw yourself down here, for it is written, He will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you, and in their hands they will... Uh, bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone the boastful pride of life and once again what does jesus do he goes back to the reference point listen to what he does listen to what he says it he says it is written you shall not put the lord your god to the test is, is that what it says and so what we're looking at is jesus used the reference point. And what was the reference point? The reference point is the scriptures. Now, that would be interesting if that was the end of it. But then he goes on to preach a message. And he goes on to preach and he says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Now, the word near means that when men shake hands, so he's saying this, repent for the kingdom of God is here. Because if I'm near, I can't be, I have to be here to shake his hand. So repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Isn't that interesting? Now, so I say, okay, Lord, then show me something here. This is why I said, I want you to look at these, these uh, uh, four gospels 
and I'm going to show you something. And I said, okay, here's what I want you. Here, he said, here's what I want to show you. He said, the gospel of the kingdom is to repent from your sin and then allow the kingdom of God to come into you so that everywhere you go, the kingdom of God is there. And that's an interesting thing because when the kingdom of God is there, then the kingdom of God is there for redemption. The kingdom of God is there for healing. The kingdom of God is there for deliverance. And the kingdom of God is there for resurrection. And everywhere Jesus went, those four things happened. John the Baptist preached the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. That's what John the Baptist preached. Jesus preached the same message. And listen to what the word of God says. Except in his own country, in his own place where he lived, he did not do the miracles in his home country like he did outside. Because listen to what he said. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own homeland. And why is that? Because they were all familiar with him. They did not know him as the Christ. They did not want to know him as the Christ. They saw him as the son of Mary and Joseph. They saw him as a carpenter. That's who they saw him. But when he was outside, and the Bible says he healed people, he just didn't heal as many. But when he was going through Samaria, listen, when he was going through Capernaum, when he was going through Caesarea, when he was going through all of these places, guess what he did? He healed the sick. He cast out devils. And he raised the dead. And John said, what you read in these Gospels is a small part of what he has done. Read the last verse in the book of John. It says this, it says, and what he did was just a very small part. Because we don't have enough ink, we don't have enough paper, we can't write down all the things that he did in three and a half years. And what is amazing about the Lord was, he always went to the reference point. Always went back to the Word. And what did the Word do? The Word saved, the Word healed, the Word delivered, and the Word raised people from the dead. I know we don't believe in those things. That's what happened then, but it doesn't happen now. Yes, it does. Yes, it does, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Listen to what the writer says. He said, Jesus Christ is. Not Jesus Christ was. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, this day, and forever he will be. Which means what? This reference point right here is still well and alive. God's not dead. He's still the creator of God. Let's stand. 
it's the reference point that's going to save this world. Here's what I believe in my heart. I believe this. When I pass away, because I will pass away if Jesus doesn't come. And I'm not telling you that I won't pass away today. I have no idea. I will pass away. But when I pass away, it will be on God's terms and not the devil's. I want you to understand that. And until the day God calls me home to be with him, I'm going to preach Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am going to preach this book as the reference that's going to take us out of the sin and misery that we have. And if you want to give up on the United States of America, go ahead, but I'm not going to. This is the country in which I live. This is the country in which the Lord put me in, and this is the country I'm praying for. And this is the country that I'm going to go to the reference point every single day of my life. I do. I go to this reference point for this country. One day I am going to pass away. But I'm not going to pass away one day late or one day early. I'm going to pass away when God calls me home. Until that day, I'll preach the word of God that says this. There are three things in this life that God hates. And the first one is the lust of the flesh. The second one is the lust of the eyes. And the third one is the boastful pride of life. And those are the three enemies that have overtaken our nation and wants to take us and, and, and move us out of the way. Because listen, here's why they want to move us out of the way. Because we are the central focal point for Israel. We are the central focal point for the world. And if you move the United States of America, the world is going to go to hell in a handbasket. How many of you understand that? I am looking right now at the United States of America in my time to come to repentance, come to God, and let revival come through this place like God has promised us it will. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Listen to me. Here's what Jesus did, and here's what I'm going to do right now. And here's what he did. They brought to him those who had demonic spirits. He said, come out of them. And they had to come out. I love that part where he said, what's your name? Legion. Because there's over 2,000 in us. Demons. And those demons said to Jesus, man, don't make us go back to hell. Now, that must be a bad place when the demons don't even want to go there. Can we go into them pigs? Yeah, go on. And them pigs said, we'd rather be dead than have you and us. And they killed themselves. Think of that. You see, Jesus just said, come out of him. When they, brought, when they brought the sick, man with the withered hand, the Pharisees are looking like they're still looking today. Is he going to heal him on the Sabbath? Jesus said, which one of you, if your oxen or your sheep had fallen in a hole, you wouldn't go take him out of there? 
and yet you don't want me to heal a man on. He said, stick your hand out there. He said, be clean. Be healed. Oh, what Jesus said. Listen to what he did. Jesus said, they, they, can't, they can't get to him, so they take the roof of the building off, and they lower the man down in front of him. Isn't that an amazing thing? And Jesus looks at him and says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Take up your bed and go home. And then Pharisees reason within themselves, Who is this man? He's just blasphemed himself. He can forgive sin. Jesus said, What difference does it make if I say thy sins be forgiven thee or you're healed because it's all one and the same? Come on. Pick up your bed and go home. Said to the blind man, Heal the blind man's eyes. 38 years you've been blind. Who sinned him, and his, his, who sinned him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. This is for the glory of God. And what was it? It wasn't that the blind man was healed for his glory. It was so the Pharisee could see what God did, and they wanted to reason against it. It's an amazing thing. I like this part. And they went to him, and they said, who healed you? He said, a man. Man healed me. What's his name? He said, well, I don't know. Man healed me. So he goes and finds out who healed him. Jesus. So they come back and he said, hey, Jesus healed me. And he said, and they said, well, he said, Jesus healed me. He's a prophet. He's gone from a man to a prophet. And they said, man, he's a sinner. And you know what he said? He said, I don't know whether he's a sinner or if he's not. But I know this. I was, at one time I was blind, but now I see. He said, now he said, can't you people get a hold of that? Is there something wrong with you? And they, he went to Jesus. He said, who are you? And Jesus said, man, I'm the Christ. He said, my Lord and my God. Woo! Jesus still heals today, by the way. I like what my doctor said about me when they give me this heart surgery. My doctor said, we can't make you live one day longer. He's a Christian doctor. He said, that's up to the Lord. We give you a little better quality of life. So I'll take that. But he said, we can't make you live one day longer. How many of you know that's truth? We pray for each other that we are Hebrews 9, 27 people. Listen to me. I'm going to die. You're going to die. But until that day, God calls us home. Let's defeat the enemy. How are we going to defeat him, Larry? We're going to defeat him through the reference book. <laughs>